Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the second hour of the Live with Rank program. Appreciate you. Appreciate you tuning in and as promised, former Penfield Township Supervisor and candidate in the 62nd District, which is currently, uh, I'm sorry, 64th? No, 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 no. It's going to be 44. So I'm sorry. He's giving me hand signals here. <laughs> You're not on yet, Dave. You trying to take uh, take my uh, sunshine away here? <laughs> he f- former candidate against Jim Hosma in the 62nd district, which is now becoming the 44th. You see where I was going with that, Dave? <laughs> now it's becoming the 44th. And uh, I've known Dave for a while, and Dave went through a transformation, kind of like a butterfly. And he uh, he was a longtime Democrat. He was a longtime Democrat, and yep. then decided you 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 saw something, a change in the Democratic Party. And as you said to me before, you have uh, like others, the party moved away from you. Yeah, that's correct. And I, I think I was actually the uh, Calhoun County Democratic Party chair for a couple of years. And, you know, everybody, it started going further and further to the left back then. And I, you know, I, I was watching it and I was getting a little um, uh, disillusioned with the party and the, and the platforms they were taking. And we see they went even more extreme now, unfortunately. And so, you know, I took my daughter to a couple uh, meetings and one day she came back and uh, we were talking and she goes, Dad, why are they always mad? And she was eight years old. And, and I always thought the same thing. It was always about being outraged, being upset. It's never going to end because they always focus on issues to rev up the base. So they've got to come up with some issue somewhere to be outraged about. And I didn't want to live my life like that. And to be honest, when I thought about switching, um, I was nervous because I heard so much stuff about how awful the Republicans were. Don't ever watch Fox News. You know, they're evil. They're evil. Then I went to an event and I think it was Dr. Bison and Art Kale were um, debating each other in their state house race. And everybody treated, you know, and here I am, the former Democratic Party chair. And they treated me like I was family right from the start. And I was like shocked, you know, like. These aren't the same people that I've been told about. I love this story of yours. You've said it before on the show. And again, Dave's running. He will be he announced uh, or you signed the other day and announced that you'll be running in the 40, the new 44th district against Jane, uh, Jim Hosma. Right. Yes. That's right. And uh, that's why he wanted to come on and talk to you guys, because probably everybody in that district is uh, in my radio, one of my stations, radio signals or areas. Co- we, we cover it. And I've known Dave for a while, and I love that transformation story because, or I should say, it's not when people hear the word story, they may think it's just made up. That is honest to God's truth. You've told me that off air. You've mm-hmm. told me that before. And uh, what year was that, by the way? Did you flip? Uh, right around 2010, I believe. 10. So you've been going on 12 years as mm-hmm. a Republican. I remember back then I was a nobody. I just started <laughs> and uh, people were like, oh, you know, he's just a flipper and he, you know, don't listen to him. And this was coming from uh, the left and, and some hard, hard right people. You, mm-hmm. you're always going to have that. But it is so true that there just seems to be so much anger 
and and hate on one side. And and when people go to these tea party meetings, I tell you guys about on Thursday nights, none of that's there. Even if you come and and you're a, a Democrat and people know it's it's very welcoming. It is not this anger now. What has transpired is they got fed up with getting their teeth bashed in with the anger from the left. And then when they start pushing back under Donald Trump, uh, you know, now they sit there and say, well, look at all this anger on the on the right. For any of you who who think that that's true, listen to what Dave just said, Uh, because from from the mouth of a babe, right, eight years old who doesn't have all these biases and things that they're going to bring in. Right, Dave? She saw it. Oh, absolutely. And and for me being a parent, hearing that from my child, and I'm taking her to a meeting, uh, that was disturbing for me. So I knew, you know, that was really the, the, the straw that made me decide I was going to go. And Terrace Todd, uh, prior to me, who's going to be on your show later today. Right, next hour. Um, I actually coached Terrace in, in basketball at Penfield in eighth grade, and Terrace wow. did the same thing. And uh, Terrace actually left a little bit prior to me. And I think some of the best Republicans, believe it or not, are former Democrats because we see or we saw what happens over on the other side. We were actually a part of it. And when you're a part of it and you're on the inside, um, I was on the executive committee over on the Democratic side. I was on the state committee on the um, Republican side. And I can't tell you how many times I would go to Lansing when I was on the Democratic uh, executive board and they'd tell me to go back you know the first thing you want to ask everybody in the room is what makes you a great democrat what makes you a strong democrat and go around the room and have them explain it i didn't agree with the philosophies about going out and protesting uh when i was the chair governor snyder was coming to um lakeview middle school one day and they called and said, you need to set up a protest by uh, Lakeview Middle School. At the time when he went there, it was the high school. And I, I'm like, why would, I, why would we do that? You know, I think it's pretty cool that these students are going to get to see a former, um, a former student graduate of Lakeview who became governor. And I don't care which party you're in. I think that's pretty special. You know, and, that's a good point. And I would have to agree with you on that, that mm-hmm. if they're going to uh, – uh, it's there's it's there it's 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 more it's more than just an event when oh, right. that governor is going back to the high school they graduated from it didn't it, i would afford the same respect for whitmer if mm. she was to do something like that or at least i would hope most people would uh, afford her that you know anything else it's open uh, but right. when it comes to uh, that special event I believe that it is uh, it was the right thing uh, to do. So I guess they weren't too happy with you. Yeah, and what I will say too is uh, there's a big difference between the leadership and the parties and the actual people voting and people who are are looking to them for representation. Some of the greatest people I've met and have friends in my life are still Democrats and they're still friends. And I have well, that's you know, good to hear. great people on the Republican side as well. So the people themselves, we're all pretty much in the same boat. You know, we want more money in our pockets, be able to support our kids, a good educational system, less taxes, and so on. And both sides want that. It's just a matter of You what mean the moderates in both sides, well, if there are any. Yeah, or, there's a few. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I think there needs to be a distinction, and you mm-hmm. tell me if you think this is correct or not, between leadership 
elected people, the punditry, the people who make the money off the machine. The People need to realize these political parties, they are money machines. They consume large amounts of money. They pay out large amounts of money uh, to people. So people thrive on that. So when I, I, when I think of people who are... Uh, in the middle, and I and I I have a question with using that term because there's the parties from the perspective of policies are so diametrically opposed. It's hard to say that there's the middle, but I there's still you know JFK Democrats or whatever that want the same things that many people who lean right. So are there still people who lean left and lean right? I, I think so out there. And I, is that who you're talking about who want the same things? Well, and I think as a voter, you you know, regardless, I grew up in a union home. My father was in the union. My mother was in the union. I was in the union. I worked at Amtrak. I was part of the Teamsters and Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers. I was actually um, the le- legislative representative for the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers for a while. And um, but one thing I realized, even when I was a Democrat, you know, you're pro union. But I also realized without businesses and corporations, there's no place for union members to go. So we need a structure that creates an environment in Michigan. We're in competition with every state in, in America to provide jobs for our union members, both union and non-union uh, positions. So it's up to our elected officials um, to make sure that these corporations are in an environment that they can thrive. And that works its way down, creates union jobs, non-union jobs, and everybody um, pretty much moves forward and does well. It's when we break that up and we try to divide it by a party system and say, you know, I'm I'm anti-union. I'm not anti-union. I'm pro-jobs, whether it's union or non-union. And... Um, you know, in Lansing, that's what I would try to do. We need to create a tax structure that incentivizes companies to come here. And nobody in Battle Creek can say we're better off because Kellogg's downsized or uh, Ralston's left or Michigan Paperboard's now leaving. Um, Mich- Michigan's in trouble under the current structure we have for taxation, and uh, we need people in Lansing to fix that. I want to take a quick break talking to us uh, in studio is Dave Morgan. He's running in the 44th state district. That's the new state district. It used to be 62. So James Hosma is the sitting uh, state rep right now in that district. He'll be running against him. I want to come back and talk more about what he just ended with. What would Dave do in the state of Michigan? What would he push for? What would he advocate for? to others around him, colleagues, as well as leadership, if he was to win. You're listening to Live with Rank, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Live with Rank in studio with me is Dave Morgan, former. He just retired or stepped down from being the Penfield Township Supervisor. You may have heard of him. He ran in the last race against Jim Hosma and uh, almost beat him. He's going to give it another shot coming up. This fall, he just announced or signed uh, or uh, what did you do? Put in your papers? Yeah, yeah. You file with the state and this, in our case, over at the county office. Right. And uh, he wanted to come on to talk to not only you guys who are in the 40. What is the 44th district now? Can you explain it? 
Well, basically, it's the city of Battle Creek, city of Springfield, townships of Bedford, Penfield, uh, Lee, Comba, Sheridan, um, the city of Albion. So that is the new 44th. So if you're in any of those, this is the man that is running as a Republican. Jim Hosma, who currently holds the seat, I think he's in his second term. Uh, he is uh, the Democrat. And I asked him, or he wanted to come on air, and I asked him to come on air to discuss his background, as you heard. He was a lifelong Democrat. Sounds like a JFK-type type Democrat. Is that a good uh, explanation? Yeah, when I was a Democrat, they said I wasn't Democrat enough, and some Republicans say I'm not Republican enough. But I'm really surprised that I'm actually more conservative than a lot of Republicans that I've met, <laughs> and, and Terrace is too when he comes out. And so that surprised us both because we're both pretty former Democrats and yeah. who are in some cases more conservative. Well, I I, uh, I think as he stated in the last segment, being someone who was in uh, at the table, in fact, the executive table, uh, as well as just knowing the inner workings of the Democrat Party. Uh, you know, and he's just a real laid back, nice guy. I think he'll be able to hopefully pull people over. So prior to the break, you said you brought up some of the issues. What is most important to you? Talk to the listeners who are in that district, the 44th district, and not even that only that all of you out there who aren't, I think we need more people like Dave uh, in, in the office uh, and I don't mean that because he's the Republican. Uh, I mean that because I've gotten to know Dave over the years. And, you know, he's the one politician uh, or, well, I guess you could be a politician. You were a Penfield ten, super, yeah. Township Supervisor uh, who um, who I think that I could, uh, uh, I guess, stay close with. In the past, I learned years ago that uh, you can't get too close or friendly with politicians. Anyway, let me shut up. What do you want to say to them? Well, I would say that like the biggest issues I think that are facing uh, Michigan and our community is definitely our tax structure, which um, I own a home out in Arizona as well. And for instance, in Michigan, if you're a property owner, um, you want to make an improvement on your home. First thing we do is come in and of course, you're going to get reassessed if you put a deck, a deck on the back of your house and your property taxes are going up. So it de-incentivizes people to really improve their homes because uh, you're going to get penalized uh, with taxes and uh, and fees. And to me, it makes no sense if you're having a hot water heater put in um, in the state of Michigan by a licensed contractor who is licensed by the state of Michigan that now we need to bring in another inspector. And, of course, you have to pay for that as well to inspect their work. Um, these over-regulations or being overregulated, so you're over-taxed. saying you have a licensed uh, plumber who mm-hmm. uh, is then being looked over from another licensed uh, right. inspector who I assume has some plumbing experience. Right. Yeah. The township, like I was at Penfield Township, this is a, a state guideline. So my thinking is, if it's a licensed contractor, whether it's electrical, uh, plumbing, mechanical. Um, you shouldn't have to bring in another person from the municipality now to do another inspection. And of course, while they're there, they're going to look through your house to see if they, if you missed anything or your neighbor, when they're in the backyard, they're going to look 
go over there and see, oh, look, there's a deck over there that uh, maybe they didn't pull a permit on. I just think we need to have more faith in the residents. Uh, we need to put them in a position to be successful. We don't need to overregulate them on every single thing they do. And we certainly need to cut costs where we can to put more money in the pockets of our residents. And how would you explain that to other colleagues there, both left and right, uh, to try to win them over to your side or your thought on that? Oh, I think I, I can work with both sides easily. I know the, you know, we go to the union issue and I, I would like to say when we talk about union members, you got to remember there's union leadership, which tends to go more Democrat and union membership, which is really evenly split in my opinion, Democrat, Republican, much like the rest of the country. Um, so a lot of the union members as well want the same things we want. They have the same uh, ideals that Republicans have, you know, less government, lower taxes, lower regulation. And so we can't be shy away from that as Republicans and um, uh, throw them to the side just because they have that union title. Um, we need to embrace them as well. Our goal is to create opportunities, jobs um, in Michigan. And however we do that, in, in my opinion, is through the tax structure. You know, Kellogg's is going to move where they have the best potential to profit. You know, that's just, they're not going to go anywhere to lose money to go out of business, to go bankrupt. Um, they're going to go where the best opportunities are. And Michigan needs to create those opportunities. Same with uh, the residents. You know, we're one of, one of the states that has a state tax. You could go to Florida, there is no state tax. You could go to Arizona. For instance, my house in Arizona was, you know, properties have went up. Uh, now it's about 340000 My taxes are about $1,000 a year. Um, here on a three hundred forty thousand right. dollar house, a thousand dollars a year. Right. So people um, that haven't really left Michigan don't understand how bad we're being taxed in the state of Michigan, and and it's just it puts people in a bind. Our seniors, there should be an exemption for our seniors once they hit sixty five. There is absolutely no reason that a senior should pay their house off, be in Michigan their entire life, and then be taxed out of their house because they can't afford uh, millages that have passed um, and jump their taxes up. And now their taxes alone are higher than their house payment ever was. And so that needs to be corrected. So you mean a total exemption from property taxes? I would like to see some kind of at least reduction for seniors and possibly an entire. I was always thinking, you know, if they lived in their home for 15 years or longer and been a resident of Michigan, um, then you zero them out. Or you could certainly make it income based too. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be fair to some extent. Mm -hmm. uh, it is. Well, that's interesting. What else? Well, and you, that keeps seniors in Michigan because right now we have a lot of residents that will claim Florida by one day as their primary residence just to avoid paying taxes. And uh, by us having a high tax base on seniors, that's what happens. And we end up in the long run, everybody loses. The seniors lose. The state loses. Uh, we want win-win situations. And by lowering the taxes for seniors, We'll keep them here. We'll keep them as residents. We'll incentivize other seniors to come here with their um, Social Security checks or Railroad Retirement Board checks and, and invest that money here in our state. And what else would you be? I, I like how you're getting into the details because, again, this is a state house. This is not a congressional uh, seat. 
So you need to pinpoint more and get more yeah. into the details. Anybody who is out there running or if you're listening to someone who wants to run, if they're talking on the high level, you know, federal type issues that are occurring, uh, that means they don't know actually what they want to do specifically for your constituents here in Michigan. Yeah, and I think consolidating services between I was the supervisor out at Penfield. Um, we have Penfield, Bedford, Emmett. You know, the city of Springfield and Battle Creek, basically in the same municipality. Um, we have mutual aid that works between all of them where we respond. Our fire department will respond to Emmett's or Bedford's. Um, looking at a, a system that would consolidate services and save money for the taxpayers. For instance, at Penfield, what we did, I looked around. We had like, I don't know, nine ladder trucks in, in that same unit, you know, area. We sold our ladder truck. We paid off our um, fire, uh, the addition to our fire station and a bond. By doing that, we saved $58,000 a year for the taxpayers. And we still have the same type of service because Emmett will respond, Bedford will uh, respond um, if we needed a ladder truck. And what we did, we took some of the money. We bought off-road vehicles that nobody else had. And our fire chief out there, Tim Smith, did a wonderful job, put together a system that other people didn't have. And now we respond to them on off-road situations. And at the time when I was supervisor, I think just about every municipality used our equipment because they didn't have it. Um, so working together, finding ways to save money for both communities. Well, let um, me ask you this, and then i got to take a quick break, and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have you on for a little bit yeah. on the other side. I'm enjoying this. I hope you guys are enjoying this, because this is this is Michigan. This is a guy who, uh, as a township supervisor, obviously is bringing that experience of what he went through there. Uh, but I love, Dave, that you're getting into the... Uh, nuts and bolts of of what you would want to do. Uh, obviously, you're just would be one of uh, what are there fifty? Hundred and ten. Oh, geez, I was way off. Hundred. You think I would know after all these years, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh wait, no. There's that's. I was thinking of the Senate. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, I, I, it's enjoyable. Oh, that's what I was getting at. Uh, what when you hear consolidation of services, people get worried that they're going to lose their jobs. How would you respond to someone that would say, hey, well, if you're going to come in here and this guy wants to consolidate our services, I could lose my job. Well, I would say you lose, you, you shrink down with um, uh, attrition. So as people retire, you might not replace one. It may be a better system. It may be, um, it might, in a lot of ways, like in our situation at Penfield, it was better for all of our communities the way it worked out. We all saved money. We ended up having equipment that nobody else had. No one lost their jobs no. because you got rid of certain pieces of equipment. I, I've noticed debt. I'm going really late here. I got to go to break. You listen to Live with Rank. We'll be right back after this with uh, one more segment with Dave Morgan. He's running in the new 44th district. So if you're in the 62nd right now and Jim Hosma's your Congress, per, excuse me, state rep, Dave will be running against Jim coming up in this uh, fall election. You're listening to Live with Rank, and that was Ray Charles. I love that song. I, someone introduced it to me a couple years ago. I had not known of that song. It's like the Bob uh, Dylan song, Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. I had never heard that song because I'm not a big Bob Dylan fan, but I love that song. And I don't know. I was trying to figure out something to play uh, for with Dave here, and he, he's a Ray Charles fan, and Certainly, these days, some of us are certainly busted, so uh, 
are going busted because of the policies that are out there in studio with me for the last and final segment. Uh, when I have these interviews, I just go as long as they can go or as long as I think uh, we are learning more and more about the individual or the topic. And that's why I'm going into this third segment. And any of you who know people who may want to uh, hear this, it will be on my podcast today sometime in the afternoon, usually an hour or two after the show is done. If you go to WBCKFM.com, which is my flagship station, top left-hand corner under our logo, you'll see quick links. To the right of that, you see Radio On Demand. That's our podcast tool, Radio On Demand. You'll be able to hear Dave uh, or tell other people you may want to listen to this guy. And then uh, this weekend, there's now one hour of best of they would like me to put up. So I'll probably put this one up because it's it's local, very local. And, uh, well, it's state and local. And he's given us, I think, a lot of great information on uh, details on, on what he wants to do. So go ahead, Dave. Well, in the the state level and local level, we need to start reducing debt instead of incurring more. Uh, We don't have a a revenue problem in Michigan. We have a spending problem. And so with that being the case, the consolidation part would help uh, the taxation and bringing people here. Um, Our population in Michigan isn't keeping up with other states. Um, We need to make Michigan the place people want to come to again. I remember growing up as a kid, in Battle Creek. Um, I was born here at Community Hospital. And um, to see everything that's left, I mean, Kellogg's was thriving. Um, we still have wonderful employees down there. I was down there with them when they were striking, actually. And uh, we need to fight to keep what we have in Battle Creek and in the 44th District and also work to bring new uh, opportunities to our district. Uh, Canadian National Railroad, formerly Grand Trunk, uh, that's another one. Um, they've gradually been moving jobs out of Battle Creek into Canada. Um, we need to protect those jobs. Those are great jobs. Uh, those are union jobs, and they probably have some non-union jobs. Um, they're very important because if the railroad goes away, um, that you know we lose a lot of jobs outside of the railroad as well. Um, Amtrak, uh, people see Amtrak trains coming in and going out between Chicago, Pontiac, Chicago, and Port Huron, and um, we don't see it here, but also Chicago to Grand Rapids. Amtrak's a huge provider of service in, in Michigan. Um, Battle Creek really should be the hub. We have the Canadian National Yards right there. Um, these trains um, are funded by the taxpayers of Michigan, yet we, we've allowed jobs to be placed in Chicago, which makes no sense at all. Um, I would be a fighter to be, uh, for Amtrak to bring jobs to Battle Creek. I was a manager for Amtrak in the past, and when, that's when we opened up the Battle Creek crew base. Uh, it's a natural hub. We have the infrastructure in our community already. Um, these are high-paying jobs that create other jobs as well. Um, Canadian National, we need to work with them to protect those jobs. Kellogg's Post, um, we have so many different businesses that we need to work with. Um, Are you hearing from them, uh, from that area, uh, those that you speak with, that they aren't being taken care of uh, to the to the extent they think they would should be? Oh, absolutely. Uh, when I talk to employees, especially on the railroad side, because I talk to them quite frequently, 
Um, I've watched jobs disappear out of Battle Creek and be relocated. My mother worked for Grand Trunk. My dad worked for Conrail. I was a, a manager and, and a locomotive engineer for Amtrak. So that's one industry I know pretty well. I was director of operations in Los Angeles for a while for the Sunset Limited and uh, worked in Texas and El Paso and Chicago. And so that's a major, major um, opportunity for our district. If we could work with Amtrak and work with the state and have somebody up in Lansing that actually knows the industry and bring that to Battle Creek, um, that would be a a massive amount of jobs, high-paying jobs. Um, The mechanical facility should be in Battle Creek. our healthcare providers, we've seen uh, the Whitmer administration and the uh, Biden administration go after them based on a vaccine. Um, these people are heroes who have risked their lives. Same with our police, fire, our veterans. I'm an Air Force veteran. Um, we need to stand behind them no matter what. Forget the political um, theater. And uh, these people are heroes that put their lives on the line for us every single day. And to turn on them for a political cause, to me, was disgraceful. Um, we need to stand up and fight for these people. And, and they're members of our community. They're part of the family of the 44th District. And um, so that's that's another thing. But most importantly, uh, we need to create as many opportunities as possible, lower our taxes, uh, have government um, accountable for their spending. They spend money like they... Um, well, like it's there, or like it. Well, not like, like it's, it's theirs. Someone like else's. it's ours. Absolutely, right. They spend it quick, and we have a website, votedavemorgan dot com. You can go to uh, for more information. So that's votedavemorgan m o r g a n dot com. Yep. yep. All right. And there's some more information there. Well, I appreciate you spending the time coming in, uh, into the studio to talk to. Uh, possibly your uh, constituents or some of them, and for the rest of you to get an idea of what you should expect, I think. And that's part of the reason I wanted Dave to come on, because we have spoken off air, and I've gotten all this great detailed information. It's not just slogans uh, that you're hearing. And this is the type of discussion you should demand from anybody who's running for you in a state rep or as a state senator, if they're up, well, anytime, but Specifically, we're talking about this election. Dave running in the 44th, what will be the new 44th district. Again, real quickly explain what areas that is. Yeah, that's City of Battle Creek, Springfield, uh, Bedford, Penfield, uh, Convis, Lee, Sheridan, and uh, townships in the city of Albion. And hopefully I didn't forget one going through it real quick. But that's all that's right. <laughs> it's radio and we got to go to commercial. Yeah. Yep. Lines are now back open. Any thoughts? 269-441-9595. You listen to me, Rank, on the Live with Rank Show. And we'll be right back after this. Oh, there you go. Got to turn my mic on. I fat-fingered it. You're listening to the Live with Rank Show. That's me. I hope you enjoyed that rather in-depth interview. And again, I know that the 44th District is not is a small part of my listening audience. Important, don't get me wrong, but... I. I All of you who I hope listened to the interview, I think that was a great example of the interview of someone who's running for a state position that explains in detail what he's looking for. He has the command of the businesses that are affected. 
That's what you, he or she, whoever is running in your district, that's what I think you need. And then certainly when you're running for a state position, it helps when you were a township supervisor and you want to bring Amtrak in and you work for Amtrak and, you know, all those other things. And it, it, it just – that's why I went as long as I did. I just thought it was very, very uh, interesting to hear something rather than slogans. It's different. A congressional seat is different. Running for a congressional seat is different than running for a state street seat. In fact, everybody gets – all hyped up more about the federal and the congressional elections or races than your little state or even your local. Your local elected politicians have a lot of power over you and the way they vote and spend money. As well as those who run the state, state house reps, state senators. Because they are more directly linked to you, you have a better access to them than you do a congressperson. So a congressman is one of 435. We have, or we will have, uh, I think 13 now here in the state of Michigan. A state rep is one of 100 and whatever he said, low hundreds. And then 50-something when it comes to the, the senators. So I've learned over the years, because before I got into this business, I would have thought, you know, you, you look at the big ones. Senators and Congress people. I've learned that, and probably you have learned lately, your local school board is extremely important. If you want your children to uh, not be, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, bombarded every day with some of this crazy stuff that has nothing to do with reading, writing, and arithmetic history, government. So that's why I emphasize people run for a local school district. And in fact, I would contact your local Republican Party. I know in Calhoun County, they have something in place that helps people. They realize someone, you may be sitting there right now thinking you may run a run, but you have no idea where to start. Contact your county Republican Party and find out if they have something in place, mentoring, because Calhoun County has it, others, I assume, have it also. And then if you're running a school board or on a school board, you can be more reasonable and common sense and not have to pass laws like they did in Florida. Now, this disappoints me. Again, The Hill is a national news site out of Detroit, uh, Detroit, out of D.C. And sometimes they do some good work. But yesterday I saw this headline. Ohio introduces, quote, don't say gay, end quote, Bill. 
There is no don't say gay. They're trying to call, as you know, the Florida bill that passed that says, please don't push your perverted sexual wants and needs uh, on or thoughts on our K through third graders. Or they don't say Pete, please. They, please, they say don't. So the haters of the bill, the people who want to push sex, gender, whatever, on your kindergarten, kindergarten through third grade, they got mad about that. And they said, well, it says in the bill that you can't say the word gay. It's just not true. It's not in the bill. So for the Hill, again, to write this piece, that automatically tells you this is an opinion piece. And I know from reading it, it wasn't written as an opinion piece. But to me, I could care less after I saw that everything else under that is opinion. And who knows if it's right or wrong. Two Ohio House Republicans on money introduced a bill which borrows language from Florida's recently passed don't say gay law. There is no don't say gay law. There's nothing official. It, there's the, the title's not don't say gay. There's nothing in it. The word gay doesn't show up in it once. It's zero time. And that's what's just disappointing when, again, another example of a person or a paper trying to state that they are a real a news organization, when in reality, they're an opinion-based organization. And then how do you know when they do this, how do you know people who are really straight reporters don't interject their uh, biases or their agendas into it? How do you know of that paper, which ones are which? But no, they have to right away put their readers into a mindset of what this bill is not. The majority of people out there, the majority of parents don't want their children being taught this at such a young age. I I cannot believe there's not a 90% approval rating of a bill like this. Why would you want your kindergartner, your five, your four, your five, your six, your seven, your eight-year-old being exposed to this? The bill also aims to outlaw the, outlaw the promotion of, quote, divisive concepts, end quote, like critical race theory. Yeah, do you want your kids, no matter what color you are, do you want white kids to be taught that they are inherently... Uh, evil, racist, white supremacist, and black kids to be taught that they are inherently victims, victims who can never break out of that mold. I'll never forget, and I have it right here at the top of my show prep papers, a black father who was talking to a local school board. He said, I trust my core beliefs enough and my values enough to feel comfortable listening to and opposing someone. And I taught my children they, that they are victims of three things, their own ignorance, their own laziness, and their own decision making, end quote. That, that is a father of the year statement right there. 269, well, hold on.
We got Terrace Todd and I think Kate Gorka coming up right after this. You're listening to The Live with Ring Show.